Hello and welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. I'm Andrew Slavin and we go again. It's the start of a new season in Scotland, a time where optimism is high and anything is possible. Or if you're a Kilmarnock fan, you might feel like the season's humped already. Today we are previewing the Scottish Premiership club by club. Can Celtic complete the quadruple treble? Not as catchy as the last one. Are Hibs heading for new heights under Heckingbottom? And will the Staggies stay up? Plus, there's all the new signings. Sidorf, Djorkaev, Fjortoft, Cole. Yes, if you're related to a famous footballer, the Scottish Premiership will offer you a deal. Unfortunately, as I've said many times, I am not related to Bernie Slavin, so St Mirren didn't come chapping my door. Alongside me in the studio, he isn't the long-lost love child of Steve Bull, that's for sure. He's from The Telegraph, and he is JJ Bull. But guess what? Because what my dad's name is. Steve. Steve Bull. Okay, great. And a man who has no <laughs> links to the Marks and Spencers empire from Coppa 90, it's Finn Marks. Is that the best one? <laughs> Thank you, it is actually true though, although my first ever job interview was when I was 17 at Marks and Spencers in Greenwich's The Oak Mall. That's nominative determinism right there. Yeah. Wow. Didn't get it. Thanks to the Little Kicks for providing our new theme song. Uh, they're from Aberdeen, so thanks again. As my mother always said to me, thank Crunchy, it's Friday. This is the new setup for the season ahead. We'll be coming to you first thing on Friday mornings, previewing the weekend's action. And today... We're looking at every Premiership club in order of where they finished in the last campaign. So if you're a St Mirren fan, you could skip ahead to the end of the podcast. You'll miss some good stuff though if you do, because we've got James Horncastle giving us the down low on Alessio. And Laura Brannan is back on the podcast as we take a look at life behind the scenes at Motherwell. But before we begin, there's no doubt about the biggest news in Scottish football this week. Scott McTominay is on the front cover of the new Pro Evo. I have a theory about this that I come up with, right? Go on. I think it makes him the first Scottish footballer ever to be in the front cover of a football video game, which is good. But I think, well, what are you going to say I'm wrong? Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura was in the front cover in the oh, yeah. Asian part, but I know he's not a Scottish think, footballer. Yeah, famous Scott, <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura. McTominay's born in England. Grew up in the hills of, uh, of Inverness. Think, unless I'm mistaken as well, I'm pretty sure either FIFA 95 or FIFA 96 in the Mega Drive, Brian Gunn was on the front doing a, a marvellous acrobatic save. This is great. So that, that would be the first Scottish uh, football. All right, we'll go with that. I'm sure there's probably like a game Kenny Dalglish put his name to or something like that at some point. But I wonder if Pro Evo, if they are like, right, what we'll do is we'll put, you know, Messi's here, we've got Pjanic of Juventus, and then they put McTominay in because then people will go, what the hell is Scott McTominay doing this? And they share it all over Twitter and suddenly a whole new generation of people go, Oh, what's this? I don't know what this was. I'll check it out. I'd like to see his stats on Pro Evo. If he's on the front cover, he must be absolutely amazing. No, he would if he's if he's bang average, which you know he's not reached the heights of a world class footballer yet. He's still got a lot to go. I'd say if he'd be the... a seventy five rated, seventy four maybe. Seventy five. Yeah, that's what I'd guess. I've not seen the stats yet. Right, let's start with the champions. For those of you keeping count, and apparently there are quite a few in Glasgow, Celtic are aiming for their ninth title in a row. What have they been up to this summer? Well, they enjoyed the John McGinn transfer saga so much last year that they decided to embark on a little, a little one again. The sequel to that, the David Turnbull saga. It was fascinating, just the kind of roller coaster between 
the wider Scottish football fan group and Celtic fans, because a lot of Celtic fans in the start were very much of the outlook that, well, stuff them. You know, if he wants a better yeah. deal, if he wants 20 grand a week, but he's actually in 700 a motherwell, we'll stuff him. But actually... That's the word they used as well. <laughs> stuff him, yes. But the thing is, he is a young lad, and this was a really difficult time for him. Good story, though, isn't it? Because he came out, with the, out of pretty much nowhere to be one of the best players in the league. He only started playing for Motherwell in October last season. Well, there you go. Incredible. And it was just fascinating. He's very I, good. I don't think the um, various different types of popcorn gifts have been used as much ever on <laughs> WhatsApp chats I've had with people over the summer during no. this whole saga. But Celtic have spent money. Obviously, the marquee signing Christopher Julian from Toulouse. £7 million. Big money. He's a big lad. He's about 6'5", I think. He's a ball-playing centre-half. Yes, from what I am being told, he's quite slow on the turn. So for seven million pounds, I think you'll be looking no, for. I don't know. I watched him on my scout. I did a whole bunch of watching, and he looks like exactly the kind of player that Rogers would have liked. So maybe it was something that they'd scouted already before um, that all changed. Mm-hmm. But he likes to get the ball to feet, bring it out, and then he, his favourite pass and all the highlights of his his reel on my scout is a ball out to the wing. To progress play, out from the back. <laughs> it's one of these things, Celtic have always had problems bolstering their defence. And they've lost quite a few defenders in this summer. Lustig, Izagiri, Boyata being the main centre-half for them. Uh, and they also lost Christian Gamboa. And obviously Benkovic, who looked like a real good prospect, he's went back to Leicester City. But they have brought in Boli, Bolingoli and Bombo, which is a name you absolutely love, JJ. It's not so much the name I love, it's more that it uh, ties in perfectly with the PG and Duncan hit, nay, Anton Deck, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> Ball in, golly, and bombo. Ball in, golly, and bombo. And everyone's saying, get ready, get steady, boom, bombo. <laughs> and then I don't know what the next bit would be, so they can come up with that themselves. Oh, I mean, that. Um, it is a, I think that's quite not hard, a big loss, it's, really, quite is hard, it? it's quite hard to say. Is you, it? You, you, you've nailed it. I, I presume you practiced that a lot before you came in this room. No, I got requests, though, to send a voice memo on WhatsApp to a few people. Bully, Bollingoli and Bombo, from what I've seen, looks like quite an attacking player. Hasn't really been tested defensively, though. He'll probably need to play a lot in the left, at left wing back, because I think Lennon's going to do his three centre-back thing that he likes so much, because then one of the, the centre-backs on the side can go into midfield to get overloads that way. He loves that. Mikey Johnston as well could be a big player for I think Celtic. he'll play a lot this season, he Mikey scored, Johnston, yeah. He scored a good goal um, a few weeks back as well. And Lee Griffiths. Yeah, it's good to see Griffiths back. I think, again, not just for Celtic, but hopefully for Scotland too. Um, not just for Lee Griffiths, because it's nice Griffiths. that he's come over <laughs> that whole uh, problems he's had. Uh, Ryan Christie, I think, will be really important for Celtic this season. Champions League, they've got a good run at it. They should be okay in their next round. Yeah, I think they'll get past Kluge. Kluge have uh, been in the grip stages of the Champions League a few times, but I, I don't think there's much there that should really trouble Celtic over two legs. Well, from the east end of Glasgow to the west, there's been another influx at Ibrox under Stephen Gerrard. Jordan Jones, Jake Hasty, Greg Stewart, who was cracking at Kilmarnock, and average at Aberdeen. He was below average at Aberdeen, he was a ghost. When he played for um, for Killy, he was one of the most creative players in the entire league, if not the, and he was setting up a ridiculous amount of goals and scoring chances for Eamon Brophy in particular. Mm. So the both of them together were, were just phenomenal. I'm sure um, Stuart at one point was the most creative player in terms of assists created, chances created. But when Susie moved to Aberdeen, things didn't seem to quite work for him, as it did the last time he was at Aberdeen. But I wonder whether that's more to do with the players around him and McInnes' set up, which is very different to how Steve Clark had him playing. 
and he just couldn't get involved and he was pretty much redundant for there was no point playing him for a lot of the games and he was on the bench an awful lot I don't know how much he's going to play for Rangers he's definitely a squad player I think a lot of Rangers fans kind of find the signings like Jones and Stewart and potentially even Hasty as well a little bit underwhelming do you think uh, it's a little bit like in the, the, the bad old days when they'd, they'd top up like the good ones from their teams because they weekends their rivals yeah I, 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 there's definitely part of that and I, I think taking two of Kamarnik's best players from last season yeah. weakens them so it, there is part of that because Kamarnik especially were a bit of a bogey team I, I think yeah they will be squad players I mean they're decent hard working kind of quite direct players as well I just think it might just be a small thing but Jones and, and Stuart in particular know how to play in a plastic pitch and I think especially last season Rangers really came unstuck on plastic pitches that's a, a really lot. good point so I don't think they'll be in the European match as much but I think yeah. in, in league especially away at Livy away at Killy Hamilton's I mean, Rangers still won their like 4-1 and 5-0 last season. But I think on the plastic pitches, Rangers never played well. And I think to have that little bit of a difference in the squad, especially in terms of rotation, like you might be playing a European match on a Thursday and then going away to Olivia at the weekend, that's the kind of time that they'll come in. Well, one player that Rangers fans are getting quite excited about, they signed him from Charlton, Joe Aribo. Kids and grown-ups love him so. <laughs> as good as his name is, he looks like a bit of a baller as well. And you've got the likes of his old boss, uh, Lee Boyer, slagging the move pretty much. He said, it doesn't make sense on the football side. When people from England go and play for Celtic and Rangers, it is at the end of their careers. For me, he should stay in England and keep progressing. So how, long is Lee, how long is Lee Boyer going to like, take the job at Kilmarnock? Like he's he's that type of manager. He's going to be in Scotland soon. He shouldn't be saying things like that. As well, and it makes sense to me this Arriba move because he's young, right? So he goes to Rangers now rather than playing a championship, which is a nonsense league, and he'd be stuck at the bottom of Charlton all season long, and it'd be no fun whatsoever. Can't play. Can't use the skill set of being quite good to move and pass and and do all that kind of things, right? So maybe he moves somewhere else in the Championship. Lots of teams are looking at him. Or he goes to a Premiership, a Premier League club, I should say, who then loans him out to some other nonsense team where he doesn't do anything. Or he goes to Rangers, then gets to play in Europe, which is very important. Good in the CV. Suddenly he's worth more if he can hack it. Shea Ojo, other boy they signed on load from Liverpool, he's very, very tidy. He'll do very well this season. What have you seen for him? Uh, well, he's played a lot for Liverpool, actually. Not a lot, but a wee bit. But he can play wide, he play through the middle. He's kind of a forward sort of midfielder. He's a creative kind of player. And I'd imagine that he's he's just at the right age. I think he's about twenty one. I think maybe. Yeah, that's right. He's already scored in, in a Rangers shot as well, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's yeah he scored in Europe the other day. He, I think he'll do very well this season. What about um, Philip Hellander? Which I can't stop thinking about the movie Highlander. I think <laughs> he's going to be like jumping up for headers, going there can be only one. Uh! I think it's interesting that Gerard signed. He's done a couple of centre backs, so he's obviously not quite happy with what he had. Maybe he just wants to. He's got to be better than Joe Worrell. Well, it's, it, the interesting thing is uh, Philip Hellander kind of looks like a Stretch Armstrong version of Joe Worrell. He's just <laughs> he's been pulled out. But, um, I I, Worrell, but longer. <laughs> I think Hellander and Goldson will be the main pairing and then the other two will fill in every now and again. Last season we had the whole, you know, Gerrard and Rodgers. Obviously Rodgers is no longer in Scottish football, but this is still a huge season for Gerrard. How important is it for Gerrard this season to... I, see silverware I, I think it's crucial I think another trophy this season would be a disaster it's, it's a weird thing though because finishing second is the absolute minimum yeah. but I think weirdly finishing first would be an, an astonishing achievement so this is weird I wrote this it's almost like in a no, today, yeah. it's like in a no win situation I think they're not either leading or right in the title like race by like November there'll be loud noises they should be able to get through to a one cup final 
that should be like the bare minimum, but they should be winning stuff. Might just add that obviously Rangers have lost Daniel Candeas. The one thing that's still lingering for Rangers is will Morelos stay? He might well stay. I think if he does stay, he'll be gone it in January. There's still the best part of a month to go, not just in the Scottish transfer window, but in, in a lot of the European leagues as well. It's only England that closes in the next week or yeah, so. Scotland's 2nd September, we worked out. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he moves deep into August, potentially. And I, I think if he ends up staying for the first six months, he'll be gone in January. You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. Let's talk about Kilmarnock. In mid-May, they secured third place and European football for the first time since 2001. Two months later, Kelly fell at the first hurdle in Europe, knocked out by Welsh part-timers Connes Key Nomads. This is what it sounded like. Come on, Jamie, please. Oh, no! Oh, f- no! I don't believe that! The big change at Rugby Park is, of course, in the dugout. Steve Clark is now Scotland manager, so Italian Angelo Alessio is the new Kelly Gaffer. We are joined now by the Totally Football Show's resident Italian football expert, Mr James Horncastle himself. This is Alessio's first managerial role in 11 years, but he's been Antonio Conte's assistant during that period. What has his relationship with Conte been like? Well, a trusted assistant um, because he worked with Conte for a long, long time now and pretty much would go wherever Conte did and was there, I'd say, right from the start of Conte's coaching career. Um, you know, was a, a deputy with him at uh, Siena, then at Juventus and was with him for the national team and with Chelsea. So, you know, I think someone who... Conte felt he could bounce ideas off, again, kind of reflected the tone that he wanted to set in, in training, which, you know, as you all know, Conte has a kind of iron will. And Alessio was someone who would, you know, kind of look to back that up. But, you know, for, for someone who's from, you know, like Conte, the south of Italy, um, from uh, Paestum, which is a, a lovely place to go visit if you want to go and see some uh, rather uh, wonderful, well-preserved ancient Greek temples. Yeah, he's he's quite measured, quite able to control his emotions. Work ethic can be taken as red. Uh, that's what you're going to get with him. Kelly previously had Steve Clark, who was a number two and became a success. He's known for being a great coach. So is Alessio known for that, or is he more of a man manager? Well, he's he's known as a, a training ground coach. Uh, Conte's very hands-on um, in that he would, well, not put the cones out, but he would be there in the thick of it taking training. He's not an Arsene Wenger-style manager who would be you know, sat in the meeting room observing from his window. But Alessio would be there really to, to back him up. So we are talking a kind of coach's coach. Um, and I think that's something that he's been rather comfortable with. I mean, his, his first sort of managerial experiences back in the um, the early part of this century at Imolese, Massese and Spal, he was ultimately more comfortable being a coach rather than being the guy who was um, front and centre, the figurehead of the team, with all the kind of modern attributes and accoutrements that we expect of coaches today, you know, be it, you know, sort of great communicators, people who are able to pitch and sell ideas. So it's going to be interesting to see how able he is to do that because, you know, ultimately he could have come back to Italy to work with Conte at Inter. He could have um, taken the job with Juventus' under-23 team, which are in the third division in Italy. I think he was in the running for that job. 
and yet um, he's chosen uh, the job at Killy, which yeah, I think is is pretty interesting. It's been his meat and drink to be the guy who's um, done a lot of session work, um, drills uh, for many years on the Conte. So I think yeah, very much a training ground manager. Conte's key nomads. They couldn't beat Edinburgh City in 90 minutes and they were humped by Ross County in the Scottish Challenge Cup final last season. This has to be one of the most embarrassing results in Scottish football history. Yep. It's absolutely shocking. <laughs> I think especially after they did the hard part and went yeah. away from home. Yeah. To, to then... But was that hard? <laughs> it should, I don't think it should have been. I think Kamarnik should have got through quite comfortably in both legs. But, you know, fair play, you know, they... they, they grafted and got the result away it happens a lot this like yeah. the smaller team wins against the, the big one underestimate them maybe and it wasn't for was it Stuart Finlay giving away that silly penalty and getting himself sent off it might not have been so bad you wouldn't have some media outlets saying suggesting that Alessio needs to go back to where he came from or these sorts of things oh my god that was ridiculous yeah. I mean I get that there's that sometimes you can have a coach coming from you know international waters it's a rejection of like intellectualism or something yeah you know, exactly I think Kelly might struggle quite quite badly this season I don't think they'll do get do you think they might have happened anyway regardless I, I think it would have done the, yeah. the interesting thing was when Clark left I was a bit worried for Killy because when you saw the group of players and again the stats back this up what Steve Clark did with that squad was incredible it was miracle working and when he left I was a bit worried but then when Alessio came in I was kind of like pleasantly surprised and I was like that's an incredible CV he's got mm. but um, I, I think his problem maybe this will change in, in, in the next month or so before the window closes I just don't think he's been backed at all Kelly have lost 13 players this summer through a combination of players leaving retiring like Chris Boyd or coming to the end of loan deals mm. and they've only brought two in so far so that's Mohamed El Macrini and the young goalkeeper from Juventus uh, Brunescu if that doesn't change regardless of how they play the season I'd be surprised if they finish in the but top that, six I, mean, I, I was wondering that that might be that he, he needs time to put across his ideas to the players he's got and work out who can do it and who can't because he's still got time I mean he's got till September to sign them I don't think anyone expects huge things to come around I think the problem was they didn't want to sign straight away because if they got through that first round of Europa League games it looked like they were going to go somewhere with it then he'd have more money and they'd have more scope to get better players but well, that's all falling through moving on to Aberdeen JJ, I'm very sorry. They've lost Graham Shinney. We knew that. I'm also sorry again. They've uh, they've lost Gary Mackay Stephen. Absolutely not a problem. Sorry, Laura Brannan. They've lost Gary Mackay Stephen. You have to go <laughs> to America to see him. Uh, but JJ, you are actually quite happy about the recruitment, describing it on Twitter as shockingly decent. Was that meant to be how I sound? Yeah, it was pretty bad. Wasn't it? Uh, okay. Well, um, yeah. It has been decent. It's been a big rebuild. So McInnes has had a few of these, having to deal with the best players leaving, like Kenny McLean, huge loss. Ryan Christie leaving again, with a huge loss. Shinny went off to Derby, great move for him, until Lampard moved, and now I'm not sure if he's going to be able to get in the team there. I might see him back on loan at some point. I'd love him to do well there. Craig Bryson's come back the other way. Bryson came on as a sub to replace Ash Taylor, who came back out of the wilderness. Where the hell was he? Um, not from the game, ashes yeah not getting a game at Northampton so he's come back in <laughs> and that means like, the defence is quite good so you've got centre-backs you've got McKenna Considine Devlin Taylor solid big units they can head up all the way um, and he brought in a lot of pace you've got Greg Lee John Gallagher's coming from Atlanta United and MLS he is rapid quick uh, Ryan Hedges is a player signed from Barnsley who's looked quite tidy in the final third he likes to move and dribble and run at players again that's very useful when you're trying to play in the counter-attack. James Wilson's a good signing. When he started to realise his career was going down the 
toilet at the end of last season <laughs> he started trying is, is he actually all that good because yeah I, I think the, he is. the only I, time I, any time I've watched Aberdeen and he's playing up front what he reminds me of is do you remember back in fantasy football back in the day they would always make fun of Jason Lee who oh, played yeah. for yeah. Nottingham Forest I just I've never seen a player in Scottish football for quite some time like James Wilson, who's got the ability to miss all sorts of chances. <laughs> like, the breadth of chances he can miss is They're spectacular. Always, but he makes chances. He gets into those areas. <laughs> but it's not the areas he gets to do it. It's the choose 25 yards. I remember you last season saying he is made of glass, and you were told from good authority he was made of glass. So, yeah. I mean, I kind of tend to agree with you. This could be a breakout season for him. You'd hope so. his feet again. The other player was uh, Aberdeen signed is uh, Funzo, Ojo. Funzo, Funzo, Funzo. If you don't have Funzo, you're nothing. And it's probably a Simpsons clip that Charlie's has played, our producer. Uh, big season for Aberdeen coming up. McKenna seems to have built a team that can keep the ball a lot better than last season, work it through the midfield with Bryson and Ojo. And um, it's a good thing that McKenna's has signed um, a new deal as well. That club's so ill-organised. So until, until 2022, I should say. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I've, I've seen Kingsford, the training centre that they're building. I've, cause I, I was in Aberdeen last week because I'm now a qualified SFA 1.3 level coach. I'll have you know. Congratulations. Thanks very much. <laughs> it wasn't pass or fail, but I'm glad I've done it. JJ's already been touted as a potential uh, replacement for Alessio at Command. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's You're why I did it. you going to be the next Ian Cathro. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely get treated the same. Because yeah. <laughs> it was out in West Hill, which is in Aberdeenshire, which is where the new stadium's going to be. And you can see through the fence, and they've got a, a new pitch laid down. It's meant to open in October. And you think this new stadium is going to change everything. Because it makes it such a professional outfit. You're trying to attract players. Like you look at what like the facilities and all St. Johnson have got or Motherwell. You don't really want to go there if you're a player trying to go places. But you go to Aberdeen, you've got a beautiful training pitch to learn on. Good coaching staff there. Continually push for the top three. Could be for two again. You never know this season. Mm-hmm. It should be in cup finals again. And the stadium should make a big difference as well. I mean, it's another podcast topic altogether. One day, how on earth they're going to fit in 15,000 people to and from the stadium on buses. The football shirt is not a billboard. Paddy Power knows the very best way to sponsor a team is by unsponsoring them. That's why we're launching the Save Our Shirt campaign. And that's why Huddersfield Town's kit won't have our logo on it at all. Don't you wish we weren't on your shirt? Paddy Power, Save Our Shirt. On Spotify, Smart Speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Scottish Football Show from Muddy Knees Media. Off to the capital where the Americans have taken over. Ron Gordon is the new owner at Easter Road and the Hibs have wiped out their debt six years ahead of schedule. Anthony Brown from the Edinburgh Evening News joins us now. Anthony, it's a seven-figure cash injection. What's the mood around Easter Road this summer? Um, with regards to that, the takeover itself, it's all pretty optimistic, pretty upbeat. I don't think there's too many people grumbling about that. I mean, obviously, we don't know too much about the guy beyond what's been reported, but generally, there's quite a lot of optimism. I mean, obviously, there's it's well known that there's people in the hip support that didn't like Rod Petrie and were sort of sceptical about Tom Farmer, but generally, I think there's just a sort of enthusiasm for the takeover and people are intrigued to see how it pans out over time. They appear to be in a relatively healthy state financially. I mean, Hibs have always been a sort of well-run club, but early indications are that this guy isn't going to go crazy and put Hibs in jeopardy the way maybe Vladimir Romanov did across the city. I think it's just a wait and see how things unfold on this one in terms of how much money they're going to throw at in a playing capacity, if you like. That's what supporters and 
people are generally interested in, isn't it? How much money he's going to throw at new signings and things like that. But I think we'll just have to wait and see on that one. On the pitch, it was a really promising start when Paul Heckenbottom came in uh, in February. A 10-match unbeaten run. What did you make of his impact? Well, you can't argue with the impact. It was a really good impact. It was, I mean, 10 games unbeaten. I don't think any Hibs fan would have expected that when he took over. It was a pretty impressive impact. He's obviously steadied the ship instantly compared to a year previously when he went at Leeds and it didn't really work for him. So I think he was aware of the importance of sort of hitting the ground running, if you like, and getting the fans on side, which he did. And I think that's allowed him a platform now. It's got the fans on side because things, although they had that great start under Heckenbottom, things did peter out towards the end of the season, perhaps understandably, given that they had very little to play for in the last few games and they had quite a few players on loan and they did have a sort of threadbare squad by the end of the season. But I think now is the time to start judging Heckenbottom in terms of how things go from now on, basically. I mean, he's had a good chance to get some of his new players in, probably five, six new faces in, seven new faces perhaps. And uh, so I think now is the time where Paul Heckenbottom will be judged as in will Hibs kick on and get back into the European places that they were on under Neil Lennon before he lost these midfielders last summer. Or will they just sit around mid-table? I don't. I mean, it's very hard at this stage to tell whether Hibs are going to be European contenders or whether they're just going to drift around in that mid-table. It's. I find it really hard to anticipate where they're going to finish this season. An interesting signing, I feel, is Christian Deutsch. Please tell me about Christian Deutsch. Uh, it's 49 goals in 87 league games for My Forest Green. God. He signed for Bolton last summer, but he never really played for them because it turned out Bolton don't have money. (laughs) (laughs) So um, he is absolutely desperate. And I have a really good fun fact about Christian Deutsch. He represented Wales in the Basketball European Championships. Hibs will be looking for a few three-pointers, won't they? Kapazinga! (laughs) (laughs) He'll be great at blocking at corners for Hibs this year. Nice. That's what he'll be doing. Um, Scott Allen's a good signing. I think he's not really played at all. So He has not played a lot of football since he left Hibs, really. <laughs> uh, then went back on loan for a little while. Now he's back for good. That's one of those classic transfers. For good. <laughs> one of those we talked about earlier with Rangers buying the hasty and that is, you know, they, they sign these players and don't use them and they just sit on the bench and then their careers never go anywhere afterwards. Yeah. It's a shame. I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic if you're a Hibs fan. Mm-hmm. I think they, their recruitment's been pretty decent this, this summer. And it's all about finding that level of consistency. If they can get back to that kind of first 10 games under under Heckenbottom, then I, I think they could be in for even pushing for a European spot. I agree. And because they were, they're moving from what Lennon had them playing, which is very, I mean, he's quite direct, quite pragmatic. Not pragmatic, it's the wrong word. But I think he tends to just rely on individual skill to win him games. And they don't have the players, which they didn't have at Hibs when he was there. I mean, they're okay. He knows how to win games. But you saw Heckenbottom's changing that. And that'll take time. You need to coach your players to make sure they're into the right strategy the way they wants to play with that and he's made signings that should improve them Milligan should be a, would be a big loss mm-hmm. maybe but we'll, we'll see I would think Hibs would be third or fourth I want to go across Edinburgh now um, and talk about Hearts who were Scottish Cup finalists last season they came flying out the blocks this time last year uh, winning 8 out of their first 10 Premiership games they've signed Connor Washington Looking to follow in the footsteps of uh, of his compatriot from Northern Ireland, Carol Lafferty, um, and be a success at Tynecastle. And they've made quite a lot of interesting signings. Craig Halkett was an early one, wasn't it, from Livingston, who who could really um, shore up a defence that's been needing depth because they suffered last season. Mm. Christoph Berra injured, John Suter injured, and that kind of ruined their good start. 
I wonder if Hearts fans would agree it's just making it fun to watch because like the end of it, last season was grim God it was it? awful and all the people I follow on um, Twitter and all that a lot of Hearts fans I mean they, they don't seem to hate Levine they understand where it's from they don't know where to vent their frustrations yeah. is it above is it the board is it um, the person who hired Craig Levine Craig Levine is it Craig <laughs> Levine is it who comes in if he's not there because Craig Levine like so defensive football with good players tends to work and you tend to win stuff it's just boring but like we said, they started the season very well last season. It was all quite vertical play, like one-touch, two-touch passes, get up the pitch quickly, and um, then it turned into a Piazu ball, as uh, it was monitored last <laughs> but season. That, 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 that really came about because of the number of injuries they had. Yeah, especially like Naismith being injured. I think that was the biggest one. He gives them so much, because just the quality of player that he is, his link-up play. Mm-hmm. and it's everyone not, else better around him. That's the thing. He's, he, it's not just that he contributes in the attacking process, it's also the goals he contributes to. And also even, I think Connor Washington's actually a really good signing. But again, I don't see him banging in 15, 20 goals. He looks at the channels a lot, that boy. I've, again, another one I've watched a bit on uh, Yskate. He's played for Northern Ireland a few times, but he likes moving the channels more than being the nine. And I'd imagine that would be perfect when you're pinging balls towards Ikpiazu to batter his way through and then run off of him. That's the kind of player that yeah. you've got. I hope Hearts continue their, their youth um, policy as well. Aaron Hickey, who was a player who came in the Scottish Cup final. Young left back. Yeah, man. He, he was super in that game, yeah. But the likes of Harry Cochran as well, yeah. who two years ago played something like 25 games as a 16-year-old or whatever. Um, he's a bit older now. He needs to get back to playing football. So, yeah, you're right. I, th- I, think, I think Hearts fans... Could be trepidatious, but try to be positive. Well, they're going to be without David Vanacek, so that's a real big, <laughs> oh, God. real big loss. I remember the build-up to that. Like, oh well, we've got this interesting uh, striker that Hearts are getting he's in January. From, he's from the Europe. <laughs> he's going to tear it up. But I'm, I'm, listen, Hearts fans, stay positive. This is the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven and JJ Bull. Time now for our weekly odds with Lee Price from Paddy Power. This is our pre-season preview. So the big question, Lee, is are Celtic winning nine in a row? Yeah, a tougher one to call than you might immediately think. Celtic still odds on favourites. They're around two to five to retain their title. And we do expect them to. In fact, we've been taking on Rangers, as in our price for them to win is quite long at 15 to eight. But there is some uncertainty around Celtic. So the treble for the boys is 11-2. That's actually drifted, so it got longer in price from 7-2 over the last week or so. It's 25-1 to that Rangers win the treble, so unlikely. But it is odds-on that they win any trophy this season, 8-15. So we're not sure that Neil Lennon and Celtic can be as dominant as previous iterations. Last season, Aberdeen's Sam Cosgrove was near the top of the scoring charts in the Premiership. Nobody saw that coming, especially our man JJ. Um, Can you give us an outside bet for the golden boot? (laughs) Yeah, Cosgrove came from nowhere in terms of our traders. He's 17-2 to to go one better this season than the golden boot. Celtic's Odson Edouard is a favourite for that gogno, with Rangers' Jermaine Defoe just behind him. There's a lot of uncertainty around a certain Mr Morelos, whether he'll leave the club or just leave the field regularly. And I've spoken to our traders and they like the look of Christian Doidge at 22-1. to 1. I last saw him play for Dagenham Redbridge, so it seems a big leap, but if he's any good, there's value there. For the first time in 25 years, Dundee don't have a team in the top division, both in the Championship. Who's coming up? Either? Neither? Maybe both. Mm, yeah, we've been laying Dundee United since that market opens. They're worthy favourites to win the league. They're 15-8. to 8. 
Cross City rivals Dundee not that far behind in the bet, and they're seven to two. So it's odds on that one of those two teams wins the title in the championship, four to five. Even shorter, of course, just one of them goes up, and not that long a price that both go up. You're looking at around just over two to one that both the Dundee clubs return to the Premiership. Last year, our both coasted their way to the League One title. Who do you think's a sure thing in the lower leagues? Yeah, similar story this season, we think. Falkirk 1-2 to two to win League One. And looking value at that too, particularly if you lump in an outright act of other leagues. League Two has been an interesting move. We had to cut the price of Cove Rangers there. They've gone from 7-2 to two to 6-4. to four. A good appointment of manager, strengthen the squad. They could be interesting. Paul Hartley, now the new manager of Cove, of course. Uh, and finally, Paddy Power have unsponsored Motherwell. Tell us about this. Yeah, well, Motherwell did well to dodge the bullet of the, uh, the sash shirts, didn't they? <laughs> Save Our Shirt is about returning the football shirt to football fans, which can sound a bit grand, but actually it's just a, a simple case of, as Paddy Power, we know our place as a sponsor and it's not on your shirt. There's loads of room in football for sponsors. We know the role they play, the money they bring, but there should be one sacred place and ideally that'd be on the shirt. So it's quite a simple campaign, really. It's from a fan's perspective and we're delighted to be partnering with Motherwell this season. Back to our pre-season previews then, and it's time to talk about St Johnston. They finished 7th last season, guys, but it feels a bit pear-shaped in Perth already. They're just trapped. They're never going to get in the top six. They're never going to get relegated. They'll be there pushing just below the line. Well, I remember... Able to reach it. I remember me and you, JJ, sitting yes. in the studio, just us two. It was very lovely. Uh, and we complimented Tommy Wright. You know, we we think he's we're pretty confident he's a good manager. He he's, is, yeah. He's 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 done wonders for St Johnston, um, but now we're seeing him kicking bottles um, because they're out of the League Cup already, um, being beaten by the likes of Montrose and Forfa. Yeah, but they've got no players. Like they've thought, so. I mean, Austin, Blair Austin and Brian Easton have left. Um, Tony Watt's gone. He wasn't. He hardly set the league <laughs> on fire. No. He's still living off that Barcelona goal. <laughs> Um, and his DVD reviews as well. Have you seen them on YouTube? Yeah, I have <laughs> no. seen. Uh, he started his own his own YouTube channel reviewing films. Is that right? Yeah, they're fantastic as well because you think, oh, is, is he going to go in depth? And he'll just be like, I've watched this. It's really good. Watch it. Is that right? That's, that's the extent <laughs> of most of his reviews. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I mean, that's probably quite apt for reviewing St. Johnston's last season. And this season, I've seen them and they're still there. He was um, having a go at his young players and they hadn't taken their chance against Montrose and Forfar. But the only thing St. Johnson can really enjoy is possibly winning a cup. and Which they've done under Tommy Wright. Yes, that's true. But they need to do it again. The bare minimum would be to stay level and not drop off. And there, again, there's still time to sign players. Well, would they be signing the likes of Stevie May? Would St. Johnston fans be delighted about Stevie May coming it, back? If they I can't afford... anybody should be signing Stevie May. <laughs> I just, I, I, it's a, more of a personal thing and you shouldn't really attack people for their appearance and stuff like that I just I can't stand especially footballers in the modern era with ponytails I just I, it's something I can't do you go. miss his metal hair his metal head hair I just I don't know there's something like Andy Carroll even like Mark Hately back in the day there was just something with players with like long hair and oh ponytails. I like it I don't mind it I think it's alright <laughs> it reminds me of when you make your own character on FIFA or something like that <laughs> Finn, I don't think really when we talk about this, you should be talking about hairstyles. Yeah, I'm slightly <laughs> By the way, everyone... challenged, but I just uh, that was that was something as even as a kid, I was never a fan of players that had ponytails for some reason. I, I just Finn has bit... more hair on his face than he does on his head. So. <laughs> An upside down head. Yeah. <laughs> the weird thing, like Joe Shaughnessy left. Yeah. But yeah, it is goals I need. 
If it's been quiet at St Johnston, it's been anything but at Motherwell. A big summer for the Steelmen with plenty of changes. And we're now joined by a dear friend. Former regular on the podcast before she left us. But our loss was Motherwell's gain. Laura Brannan's back. Hello, Laura. Hello. Hello, Hello, Laura. (laughs) Did you enjoy that slaving called on the Steelman? I'm just enjoying hearing all your voices again. (laughs) Aww. How is it working for the media team at Motherwell, Laura? Oh, it's it's been so fast. It feels like it was only last week I was in London as well. But, oh, it's going really well so far. It's been a lot of hard work, to be honest. We've been pretty much since day one, since I came in, we decided to make the decision that we would revamp the entire media output. So we broke it all down. We we worked out what was working, what wasn't working. And we just want to stand out, really, in, in not only Scottish football, but globally as well. So we've... We're trying to break the mould this season. I think we're starting to do it and um, hopefully we're going places and doing things that other clubs aren't so far. Yeah, got some, uh, got some new ideas up your sleeve for all these players that Motherwell keeps signing. What's that, 10s come in? Yeah, so 10 new faces. It's been a bit crazy, hasn't it? But I mean, I didn't really know the squad last season because I'm still only in a couple of months. I, kinda, I feel like one of the new faces myself and... On pre-season, we went to Belfast for the pre-season trip and I had to also get up and do an initiation song. So I oh, was one of the what, new boys in that What was your song, sense. Laura? What was your song? Oh, I played it safe. I, uh, I, I sang Sweet Caroline because I knew it would get the crowd going and joining in. That's a solid choice. <laughs> that is it. That yeah. is. Have you had Andy Cole or, or Clarence Sador for anyone coming around? Because obviously they signed Devante. Son of Andrew, I should say, and Sherwin. It's a good transfer policy, to be fair. <laughs> not, not, none so far, but yeah, it's been an interesting mix of names that's came in this this uh, close season. But see, apart from just the big names in terms of like what their relatives, Christy Manzinga, how cool a name is that? <laughs> I absolutely love it, so I'm hoping he does well. <laughs> and just with all the new signings and stuff, last season, um, Hasty and Turnbull came through to, to Summer Plum. But with all the new signings, do you think you can still expect to see more kids being given a chance this season at Motherwell? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's such a big part of Motherwell's philosophy, isn't it? I mean, OK, so Hasey's gone and obviously Turnbull's currently sidelined, but there's so much more talent coming through. And it's always the case. The manager's always saying he's got no reservations in terms of putting the new boys in and testing them out and letting them really kind of adapt and learn on the go. So we've had James Scott. He's been on fire in pre-season. I think he's he's one to look out for. He's been scoring for fun just now. So hopefully he can keep that on. He's only 18 just now. Um, and he's an all-out striker as well, so I think he can really make a name for himself if he keeps kind of banging them home. Jamie Semple's been getting his chance as well. He's been good so far. Barry Maguire's back from being on loan last season. We've got David Devine as well. And then you've got to remember as well, Alan Campbell's still really young. He's just Everyone's just so used to seeing him in the team for so long. <laughs> he had a good he's season. still really young. And obviously David Turnbull as well. Um, he'll be back before you know it. So he's, he's definitely not gone and definitely not forgotten. Do you think Turnbull will feel like a new signing in many ways when he comes back? That'll be the headline oh. <laughs> when he comes back in yeah. January, I think. Is when <laughs> I know. I know when he does come back, it'll be great for the team as well. And it'll be great just the re- reception from the fans. I think everyone's just kind of looking forward to it. And I think it's great to look at how well the the team have done so far in pre-season and to look around and think you've still got a player like David Turnbull still to come back I mean when you've got that strength on the sidelines it's great looking forward to the next few months anyway Has it been quite a boost when the news came through that Stephen Robinson signed a new three-year contract obviously it must be a boost to the young players that he's given opportunities to already Keith Lasley as well to be fair the management team the, it's status quo really um, 
everyone's just kind of carrying on as normal. I, I think I get it. Like, see the new boys coming in. It's great for them knowing that the man who brought them to the club isn't going anywhere. But for everyone else, it's just really carrying on as normal. Football's a fickle game. Everything's going well just now, but you never know what's around the corner. And nothing really has been changed. The atmosphere is great. Don't get me wrong, the atmosphere is great, but that's based on the fact that the club have won four out of four competitive games. There's 26 goals, if you count the pre-season friendlies as well. And there's only been one conceded. It's been a great run so far. Um, I mean, obviously, that things can swing dramatically, as I say. We've got some massive games coming up. I mean, in the space of a couple of weeks, there's Celtic, a derby, a cup game. So who knows what the atmosphere could be like given a few weeks. But it's great just now and we're just kind of enjoying it. They've also brought in the likes of Declan Gallagher, who was part of that Livingston side that nobody could really beat at Livingston. So he's obviously showing up, or at least providing a bit more cover in the defensive area. The boys uh, Seedorf as well. It's just, uh, Sherwin Seedorf is a good player. Like I've been watching him on my scout as well. He's set up a goal the other day in the Betfred Cup. He looks, he plays on the left, I think, normally of uh, the kind of forwards. And Devante Cole. I've weirdly been following him for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> because I knew about I found him on Football Manager sort of once. I was like, is that Andy Cole's son? Sure enough it is. Plays wide right or wide left, likes to trick, likes to hit low crosses. The one that uh, I was impressed with having watched uh, a couple of their games was uh, Jermaine Hilton. Yeah. Who he looks quite exciting. I, he really impressed me. He's quite tenacious, um, quick, direct, good on the ball. He's really good at trying to win the ball back as well. I think Motherwell fans will really enjoy watching him this season. He fits into the transfer policy for Motherwell of signing from England's fifth tier. Um, so he, <laughs> he came from Solihull. Yeah. yeah, he came from Solihull Moors, who obviously finished second last season um, in the National yeah. League. <laughs> Um, but don't follow National League like usually. On Spotify, smart speaker, and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Scottish Football Show from Muddy Knees Media. Let's look at Livingston. Uh, they obviously stayed up in the Premiership last season after back to back promotions. They kept 14 clean sheets, but most of their backline is gone. Yep, Halkett's gone, Gallagher, like we've said, is gone. But they've also lost goalkeeper Liam Kelly, who's went to Queen's Park Rangers after a brilliant season. Uh, he was a uh, top of all these kind of weird progressive pass stats at Livy because he just yeah. kept launching it. He was like, but he was up where his, de- his deliveries uh, were were excellent. I really liked him. See, I don't. I wonder uh, if they, they are. It's just he was. His distribution is good because it's so numerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, you know, he rightly got a call up to the Scotland squad last season, uh-huh. and I think this is a good move for him. It's not a good move for Livingston, but there you go. Uh, They've signed Marvin Bartley from Hibs, which is fairly good. Robbie Crawford from Air United, who Airboss Ian McCall said was the best-kept secret in Scottish football. I can't say secret. It's a secret. (laughs) That's all right. Fill in the void at centre-half as well. The CC Pepe, do you know much about this guy? He's a big lad. 22 (laughs) years old, I see. Yeah, he's tall. Played in France, Ukraine and Italy, but he's been without a club since February. So the best thing I noticed about Pepe, having watched again, and my old friend Wise Scout, is that he likes to run with the ball forward, centre back. So what, like there's a Who screen grab. He likes to run back the way. Uh, <laughs> well, but I mean, I mean, eighty yard oh, runs. There's oh, a, right, okay. I, I wrote a preview of the Premiership in the Telegraph today, and uh, there's a screen grab I've got in that article of Pepe. I think in the eighteen yard box ahead of his entire team. <laughs> He's a centre-back. That's the kind of thing you want to see from your I want back. that in my Marauding players. Marauding runs, yeah. definitely. I, I like that in five-a-side. There's a guy I know I play in five-a-side with, and he always just... like He can't run properly, 
but you dare get in front of him when he's running with a ball because he's so large. So I call him the juggernaut, like the guy out of X-Men, because <laughs> you just don't want to get in front of him. Maybe Pepe's going to be like that. Uh, like a lot of, he seems to be quite... Um, he gets like quite physical and close to his opponents. That's the thing he does. Well, I can tell you a little bit about Lyndon Dykes, who's joined Livingston from Queen of the South. He signed in January, but he played um, for Queens until uh, for the remainder of the season. He's one of those type of players. He's really tall as well. Kind There's of a theme developing yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. Set pieces. But for a very tall guy, he's not that great in the air. He very much likes the ball into feet, yeah. and he likes to have a bit of time. But he can get round players fairly well. Um, Is he, he Sam Cosgrove? No. He won't score a lot of goals, but he is very much so a linking person. Whether or not he'll start, I don't know. It's an interesting signing. He was mostly a frustrating figure for Queen of the South fans last season, but he was very important to the team anyway. Who they replaced Kelly with? The young Aston Villa player, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Matija Sarkic uh, has joined on loan. Bit of a unknown quantity, I suppose. He's he's not really played much football, um, but his dad is the Montenegro ambassador to the EU. There you so go. Um, pretty good, um, and I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, does he, does good, he make yeah. it onto the list then of uh, dads who are really good in their the yeah, ability of their definitely. sons? Is not quite Maybe so he'll good. become like a worldwide ambassador for plastic pitches. Who knows? <laughs> That's how they're going to spread the word of Livingston. I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to talk about Livingston's pitch throughout the season. So it's Hamilton time. Brian Rice has still a, there. Yeah, Brian Rice, <laughs> Rice baby, has had a full pre-season with the Ackies after taking over in January. He signed Blair Alston and Brian Easton from St Johnston and goalkeeper Owen Fon Williams from Inverness. JJ, you're not a big fan of their goalkeepers. Well, it's not that I'm not a big fan of them. It's just that Gary Woods was absolutely useless last season and I'm sure he would... I don't know if I'd be sure, actually, but... Obviously, no personal offences went to the goalkeeper. I couldn't play as a goalkeeper, but he made some horrible mistakes all during the season, consistently uh, poor. One of the first things Hamilton had to correct to try and have a chance. I don't know how they keep surviving. They're still there. They're going to be there until the end of time. Like Rice learned last season that you can't just open up and attack like he tried. I want teams to do that because I like it. But they got done. He said he learned lessons. (laughs) They got done. They did. He said he learned lessons last season, Rice. So I, I want to know how he, he plays. He signed Marcus Fjortoft, who's the son of Jan Aga. I'm really hopeful for this guy because I, I met Jan Aga. He's a Norwegian reporter. Um, so he does a lot of things for the Champions League. And I met him on the, on the road covering Man City in the Champions League. I met him in Basel and had a beer with him. And he was lovely. A lovely really, boy. really, really nice guy. Who likes a beer. Still rocking like the kind of... like He's in his like, 50s, but still has that kind of early 30s aura like he can take on the world type thing um, so he's got long hair yeah man let's hope Marcus Fjortoft is, uh, is a positive player for them was it the bookies have got Hamilton down as finishing 10th apparently yeah which is kind of fair considering they finished 10th three but out I, of the last four seasons I think that's not even in like the online books I think that's in a, a book carved in stone the Hamilton Bible <laughs> like the odds have been carved by with a chisel by a man with a beard who came down from a mountain having spoken to a, a god just Hamilton those... will finish 10th and don't leave your wife <laughs> okay they're just um, one of those teams that like you, you kind of look at look at their results or like their last five results or whatever and it's like lost 4-0 lost 5-0 drew 0-0 whatever but their league position never changes didn't get relegated no yeah. never never they'll just yeah. they'll be ten- no matter what the result was at the weekend they'll be 10th that's it I read this theory the other day that um, the world ended in 2016 
um, because of various things like uh, people remembering Febreze being spelled F-E-B-R-E-E-Z-E -E -E rather than one, one E, so E-Z-E, -E, right? Things like there's loads of different reasons. So when the Higgs boson thing was found, they, they believed that it put us into an alternate reality whereupon we are living in a different reality and humans exist within a number of different realities and that's how the world ended. But I think maybe we'll know for certain if Hamilton get relegated this year. <laughs> the space-time continuum's been broken. Yeah, because it'll be broken, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. My mind is uh, numbing uh, just thinking about that. Let's talk St Mirren. Oren Kearney is no more. He's, what? Uh, he's not dead. He, he kept the buddies up via the playoff last season, but he's returned to Coleraine. He had 10 months at St Mirren. But now we have Jim Goodwin who's nominated for Manager of the Year after keeping part-timers Alloa Athletic in the Championship. So he's been promoted to the Premiership. And he knows what it's like to play for St Mirren. He does. Because he played for them. For most of his career. That's correct. So he wants to do a bloody good job. Yes, and he has to do one if they're going to... They're going to stay up because again, ha it hasn't started well for them. No, I think we said that at the tail end of last season that kind of Hamilton, St Mirren, Dundee, it was just a question of who was the most bad out of those three bad teams. Yeah. It was just <laughs> who was going to be the make the fewest mistakes of those. I wonder how much they'll miss Simeon Jackson because he was. I mean, he Simeon Jackson. Ooh, I missed that. Matteo Music went as well. Anton Ferdinand left. They need to make some replacements. They've brought in uh, Tony Andreu from Coventry on a free. Another one. I've, I can't find any clips of him to watch. Owen? Owen Jorkaev? Yeah. Son of Yuri. France 98 World Cup winner. Is that the best one of, of, of this summer? The best signing of, of a relative? I think Seedorf is. Seedorf, okay, yeah. yeah, possibly. I honestly think Clarence could still play in the Premiership. Oh, he could still do a job. <laughs> yeah, like when you see him play those Legends games, he's yeah. still like, bang tidy he can still play easy but maybe we'll see Yuri at St Mirren Park maybe it'd be nice if, they do, if St Mirren don't sign 8 million players this this summer and then try and have some sort of coherence I well, think I mean, they still need they still need to make some serious signings because they've got the smallest squad in the top flight at the moment even smaller than Killy and they've lost 13 players so they do need bodies in but it's it's that's been the problem for the last, like, what, three windows. You feel like there's been about 30 people coming in and 30 people leaving every yeah, single window. It was literally 30 in the last year. But yeah. that, 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 that threadbare squad also was beaten by East Coast Pride, um, who played in the Lowland League, beating them on penalties in the League Cup. So they do need quality to come in rather than just numbers. And finally, Ross County are back in the Premiership uh, after a one-year absence. Uh, they won the stag noise, actually, shouldn't they? Was this a stag make? <laughs> Back in the Premiership after a one-year absence, they won the Championship and the Challenge Cup last season under the managerial partnership of Stuart Kettlewell and Stephen Ferguson. And the Ross County fans we spoke to last season, they always talked about how those two like revitalised the club and the feel-good factor is just back around there. So we expect them to be better than Dundee, surely. I don't think they can be any worse than Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> they signed Joe Chalmers from Inverness and Midfields as well as Blair Spittle from Partick Thistle. Billy Mackay's back as well. Remember, he was banging them in. Okay, Billy Mackay. Remember that when Cali Thistle played Aberdeen the 13 14 League Cup final? Yeah. The, IC the ICT guys made a, made a song. It was absolutely brilliant. It's like, ICT, <laughs> you have brought shame to your family. That wasn't the words, but there was something <laughs> like that. And then they had a bit about, it's Billy Mackay. It's still one of the funniest things I've ever heard in a song. <laughs> Accidentally. Hey,
Find that song, I think, on Spotify now. Yeah, because he was County's top goal scorer last season, wasn't he? 17 goals last season, but he did miss the last two months out of injury. He scored plenty for Cali when he played yeah, for them. At Premiership level, like Shankland would be, Lawrence Shankland would be like a, oh, I don't know if he can cut it now, or Stephen Dobie, is he going to cut it now? But you know that Billy McKay can do it. Yeah. yeah, and Ross County have got a really good setup, and they've got money as well. They've got a good local guy with plenty of contacts. Mm. Um, so I, I think I think Ross County could could look towards mid table, if not, you I know, mean, by Christmas in November, if they're milling around sixth position could push a little bit are further they, if they get a good run. They'll be are, bottom six, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, are they the team to potentially challenge Hamilton for that elusive 10th <laughs> in the table? I think they could uh, push a bit higher. I think they'll, they'll be, I'd imagine Motherwell will be the best of that kind of bunch at the sort of lower end. Yeah. Then you've got St. Johnson, are just, they're just going to be fine. So you've got a little bit of a gap below that. And because they are, they've managed to keep some stability, they should be fine. I mean, look at Livingston. They they lost their manager they came up last season, but yeah. Gary Hall obviously knew what he was doing. They were prepared. They knew it was going to happen, and they kept the team mostly the same. Same thing's going to happen with Ross County. A few additions to make them a bit better. You ride that momentum. You see it in all different leagues all over the world that you ride momentum. If you're doing well, you come up, and you can, as long as you are organised and know what's happening, you should be okay. And there are some poor teams around them who haven't really improved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lee Arwin's another one who's back. Ex Kelly player. Yeah, good player. Um, back from Iran. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what what club was he with at Iran? Tractor Boys. He was the one with the tractor lads, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Tractor lads out with, uh, it was Anthony Stokes was there, and he also Harry Forrester. Yes, think, from Rangers, yes. Was there, was, there was a trio, trio of Tractor Boys. <laughs> you could do, the other thing with Ross County is one, one of those stadiums that on the TV always looks empty. And I remember like Stephen, Livingston's. Yeah, like yeah. Stephen Gerrard was saying last season that one of the things the SPFL should do is look at changing the camera angles and stuff like that. It's just a way to try and no. make it look more appealing. I don't know. I think there's a sense in what he's saying. If you can just Rather than having fans scattered around the stadium in empty stands, put them in one big block in front of it, no? Well, that's down to the clubs as to where the fans yeah. sit. That's not down to the television. And I'm not saying they should do it. I'm just saying, maybe, you know, you know, yeah. just turn up Ross County fans. Well, listen, quick fire now. Let's look around the Premiership fixtures this weekend. And we're going to start with Celtic versus St. Johnston. Guys, what do we think? My, my, my. I wonder who'll win that. <laughs> I, I think it'll be about 3-0 before half-time, probably. Yeah, emphatic win for Celtic. Yeah. They absolutely pummeled I mean, tight, I mean, tighter than that, I think Johnston will be... Well, I don't know. Celtic will win. We've just said they have no strikers. And yeah, they but they can defend. Goals. But if they can defend... Then... But mind last season, like, St Mirren almost got a win out of Celtic. He's defend to the end. Dundee. Dundee, Dundee almost yeah. got... Yeah. It's doable. Let's, let's wait and see. I think we're all Celtic, aren't we? Yeah. Hibs v St Mirren. Uh, St Mirren... Have only one fit striker, we should say, going into this You'd expect Hybies here, but uh, again, great to see opening day, what happens here, no idea. Hibs could be a good team this season. Yeah, and I, th- I think the attendance should be pretty good for that as well, shouldn't it? So that, that, that might play a little part in St Mirren's demise in that game, I think. Livy Motherwell. Yeah. yeah, Livy Motherwell. That's an interesting one. It's a good marker for Motherwell, I think. That could be a range war. My range <laughs> depends how Robinson approaches it. I've got that one down as a draw. I don't know. I I can't. I feel like I can't really call that one. That has got the classic opening day feeling to it, where almost no result would surprise you. Like even like a three 0 or four 0 win for one of the teams, either way would yeah. surprise you. I don't know. It's got that that ear to. I think it'll be a draw. I think it'll be quite closely contested. I think it has the least interest 
um, over the weekend. Oh, I don't know. And then you imagine maybe Holt's going to progress their play. They're going to turn into the lovely passing side. You well, never yeah, know. That is a good point. Robinson might have the same. It might keep kept going. It might be lovely to watch. There should be a lot of new players on show. So it will be, it will be interesting from that aspect. I'll plump for, for a Motherwell away win. The ball will be in the air. <laughs> a lot. Ross County, Hamilton, guys. You think it'd be Ross County? Yeah, I think County. I, I th- the first game back in the Premiership. Yeah. Fired up. Again, this is this is the classic kind of game though, where Hamilton, you know, they seem to lose every single week, but every just now and again they get. Like, did they not win at Pitodry? They were just there were certain results, and it's usually when Hamilton are on the road yeah. that they kind of just find a way of of getting something. So I think County will win it, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's a long journey Hamilton for just, Hamilton. Yeah. It's a long journey for them. Um, Sunday, Aberdeen Hearts. I think Aberdeen. I do. I mean, it's 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 a nil nil. <laughs> JJ's just shaking his it's head nil, like nil nil. This, guys, do you not know what I've He's, gone through for thirty three years? You've seen Craig life? Levine's teams before. <laughs> I, I think it'll be probably a Sam Cosgrove penalty one nil that will oh, def- decide I, I, it. I agree with JJ. I think this is going to be a boring nil nil where nobody learns anything. You've also got the, like Aberdeen are still in Europe. <laughs> By the time this is out on Friday, Aberdeen will know if Aberdeen are, in, are still in Europe or not. He's played the home leg at, um, well, at Pataudry. Well, that's a good point. Aberdeen could be pretty tired. Yeah, it's not, I don't think there are excuses for that. It's basically oh, pre-season. It no, oh, it is. No. I know all you get to do is, like, Hart's going to sit back and shell it towards Ikpiazu. It's what they'll do. And I think opening of the season, I think Aberdeen would do the same thing. If they're away at Tynecastle, they'd play for, not play for a draw, but getting a draw is not bad mm-hmm, against that mm-hmm. team. Kamarnik Rangers? This is a really interesting one. This it's also, a, I agree. It's where this was the same fixture that was the final game last season yeah. and was the reason that Rangers ended up being nine points behind Celtic rather than six. And it's a ground that caused Rangers a lot of problems. But I just think it'll be an interesting test to see how Rangers have kind of progressed, if they have, over yeah. the summer. Because this is literally the acid test of, of where they were so poor last season. I think given what's happened to Kilmarnock in, in the last couple of weeks and, and going out of Europe, and I just get the vibe that they're... Alessio's not, not lost the dressing room, but I, I think they're still a bit shaky. It's quite fragile. It feels fragile, even amongst the fans. Group. I, I want so. to know where, that, where the rumours come from, because Chris Boyd's retired, right? And so I think we can probably... I mean, lots of leaks come out of Kilmarnock, and often there are certain players, we can't possibly say who they are. But who knows what's actually going on in that dressing room? It's, it's a weird one, isn't it? it is, I think it's a good battle of coaches. You see how Gerrard's coached his players over the summer and what he's got them to do. He's had a whole preseason. It's the second preseason. He should know what he's doing by now. She's got good players on big money. They should be beating Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock don't have the same team. They lost Jordan Jones. Sure enough, he dribbles, doesn't do much else. Greg Stewart was their chief creator. Eamon Brophy needs Stewart to really be good. He did last season. This could go anyway, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rangers won at all. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's so I've, it's a weird league, isn't I've it? I've got Rangers down to win. I think it will be dependent on when the first goal comes and for who it's for because yeah. I think if Rangers score early I think that's where they play their most comfortable I and, I, yeah. I, I actually think Rangers will destroy Kilmarnock <laughs> I honestly right? think they'll destroy them I think it's Eight one penalties. of the, Rangers have got to go out and set a benchmark Celtic will play the day before they might win comfortably if they don't and Rangers go out on Sunday and beat the team that was their biggest bugbear last season 5-0 that's what they want to do. But then mind, like like last season, so the first game was uh, Rangers away at Pataudry and the similar thing, they need to get off to a good start. They need to, they're same revved up. Don's did very well. Well, we, we will just have to And wait. now against an Italian manager, and not to uh, <laughs> stereotype, but they tend to come from the, like, the world of Catanaccio and locking the door. Indeed. 
that's probably what they'll do. Well, good luck. We have to say that is all the time we've got. Thank you, JJ. Thank you, Finn. And thanks to you listeners. We'll be back next Friday. Lots to look ahead to, including Motherwell v Celtic and Rangers v Hibs. We'll speak to you then. You've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com. Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football Network at The Totally Show on Twitter. And make sure you check out our brand new website too, thetotallyfootballshow.com. Totally